Welcome to Nuclear Popcorn. The rules of the game are simple. The host will show the players the last five minutes of a movie they haven't seen. The players will have a week to formulate a pitch of what they think the plot is. The closest gets meaningless points, maybe a crisp high five, probably a smooch on the forehead because they're a good boy or girl. The host will then reveal what the actual plot was. And that's it. You'll get it. You're smart. And your host for the week is... Hi, I'm August. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to well, welcome to Nuclear Popcorn. Uh, hi. Um, hi, August. Hi, August. I'm August. Hi. I'm your host for this week. Why do we um, feel the need... Every episode to start it. Hi, guys. <laughs> I don't know how else to start it. I, there's no good intro. Well, we have a good intro. It's such it's a good build-up. And that, I don't know. Good. We just collectively... Like, how, I kind of dig it. Yeah, you know, like how it, let's keep doing it. Um, yeah. So let's introduce ourselves going, going that way. They can't oh, see which I'm, way I pointed. <laughs> so I'm Hannah. I'm the woman. <laughs> I'm Ben. Hello. Hello. I'm Luke. I'm here too, I guess. And once again, hi, I'm August. I'm I'm your host for this week. Um, so how's everyone been? How's everyone been this week? We oh, I I do need to say um, we we watched the last five minutes of this week's movie two weeks ago, and we took a break for Thanksgiving. We did. Yeah, we, we are did. recording these well in advance of when they're actually going to be released. <laughs> so it's Thanksgiving. Uh, so how was everyone's Thanksgiving? It was it was good. It was fine. It was good. I can't I can't do um bread or dairy, which Oh that's gets Thanksgiving. Little, it's a little challenging oh, yeah. around Thanksgiving because everything is just drenched in butter. It's the South, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, naturally. Yeehaw. But it is my birthday tomorrow. I'm turning twenty four. Hey. Happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> ben, ben, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, my Thanksgiving was good. I ate a lot of food and slept a lot and um yeah, was doing some remote work the holidays but yeah it was a good time Got you work a holiday you Ugh. hardly California. 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 cue the snoop dog verse and the <laughs> katie perry song <laughs> no i want to have the actual snoop dog verse underplay ben talking right there <laughs> Can you for copyright purposes? Oh shoot, no, I, I don't can't. Think you can. It's oh, never mind. Down, and I'm talking over it. I think we'll get away. Yeah. Never, let's just leave this part yeah. in, so they know that we wanted to put in California. We wanted to actually put <laughs> in that or not, you'll know. So, uh, my Thanksgiving was good. Went went home, saw some family, ate some food, including lasagna. Had a lot of lasagna. Hey. What? Really? Yeah, it's like a Midwest thing a to have Thanksgiving dish. lasagna with Thanksgiving. It's that's weird. Like that's. Well, I'm sorry. Do you I, not I, want I to agree. eat lasagna during I, that? I, I no, was just... like, I'm very hungry now, so I would love some lasagna <laughs> at any point. But, like, but that is kind of strange. Everything's already so filling. Why do you need lasagna the most filling? Because thing? it's somehow more delicious than bland turkey. Okay, I you know what? That's fair. Turkey's really bland. Yeah. When I want to sit down and have like yeah. a hearty meal, yeah. I immediately picture lasagna. Luke is Garfield. <laughs> Luke is Garfield. Luke I don't want you guys to find out this way, but I am. <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> um, unlike you guys, I'm not afraid to to shit talk my family because I know they'll never listen to this. <laughs> well, wow. no, this, this is my way to see if they actually do listen to this or not. My my Thanksgiving was terrible. They're gonna get so <laughs> they were awful. Angry texts. Oh, it was a bit of passive aggression. 
I got stabbed seven times. Oh. This, this is a joke. I didn't act. It was fine. The cranberry sauce <laughs> ain't that good. You get stabbed seven times. <laughs> well, I said we need the blood of my son in my cranberry <laughs> sauce. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess I'll introduce our movie for this week before we get into describing the last five minutes. Our uh, The movie I picked is called Planet of the Vampires from 1965. Yeehaw. Um. Yeah, I, I, do. <laughs> I will say I picked it because I thought it was going to be really stupid. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. I just want to go on the record and say my pitch is equally as stupid as you thought this movie was going to be. <laughs> I'm so excited for your stupid pitch. But I'm glad you enjoyed it because I'm excited to see it. Yeah. 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 I see promise of like there, oh, there could be some cool things going on in here, but otherwise it's just like. The aesthetic and the costumes and everything. Yeah. It's, so it's a 1965 like. It, this is obvious from the last five minutes. It's like a retro futuristic movie with like big blinking lights and like ray guns and stuff like that. What oh, they yeah. thought the future would look like. Exactly. And it's yeah. oh, it's great. It's great. But uh, yeah. So I guess we'll start describing the last five minutes of the movie. So we cut to Sonya. Yeah. Staring. Yeah. Into Big oblivion. 60s hair. I literally wrote... the helm of a spaceship. I wrote, gal with strawberry blonde hair, space shit, and then Sonya in all caps. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I did girl with 60s hair, period, like, Sonya, period. <laughs> she's staring off... I assume she's looking at the blinking lights. The, or a, the monitor? The monitor, like the, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually trying to remember where she is in the ship. And I don't know. Like, it's, I've seen the movie, the, and I don't it's know. It's the monitor room that he's at at the end of the last five minutes, I think. It's the same yeah. room. Yeah. I, it looked like I the exact that, same shot, but just there like was a different... There was wire. You know what? West. That's right. It was... They reversed it, so it got all confusing, ge- like, yeah. geom- geometrically, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah. she's staring off, and then Wes comes in. Yes. Wes, yes. Wes comes in and starts saying, like, oh, I... Just trying to fall asleep, but there was a figure He's, deciding. He says, I wrote it down. Ooh. He said, if I wasn't so wide awake, I swear I was dreaming. That's like, that's amazing. I kind of <laughs> really like that. He, and then You're he like, recounts seeing some invisible force yeah. or person opening a door on its own, like hey, something. And then there's a reflection of yeah. Mark. I, I think, think was what he said. Yeah, I think he with a ray gun is accusing Mark of being a vampire because he's yes. seeing the reflection of the what what was it called? Of, the ray gun. Yeah, of some it was some weird ray the field yeah. ray gun. The field Something. ray gun. And so, like he he comes in and says pretty much. I'm trying to remember, he says pretty much, my door opened and they were standing outside of my door, and then they left. And then Sonia is like, oh, did you see who it was? No, mm. then it's nothing. And he went, no, I did see who it was. It was Mark. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Through the polished metal. Chrome something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big polished metal yeah. in the corner of the room. <laughs> and then Sonia says, let's go see. And yeah. they go out into, like, the main, like, like a hallway hall lobby of a space armory i don't know but there's like guns on a wall and then she takes one of it's i think it's a ray gun right takes one of the ray guns from the wall and then they go to confront mark very slowly paced i'll say very Very slow really awkward and the three of them 
like, Mark's in some, I guess, like, a control room or something. It looks like they were in a control room before, so we don't really know where Mark is now. So, Mark is in the, he's in, the, it's called the control room, I believe. Oh, oh, and yeah, it's, okay, it looked like the, like, the cockpit of a ship. Well, yeah. that's, sure. that's the thing, is I was, I was, having seen the movie, I'm not sure if it is the control room, <laughs> because if it is, the rest of the movie, they show it from a completely different angle than they do in the last five minutes of the movie. Oh. Wow. For the rest of the movie, it's from, like, the back, so you can see how big the control room is. Right. From the last five minutes, you only see it you from the front, and it's angle. really close up on Mark. Bunch and it, cuts. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, a really Bunch small way. room. Interesting. Yeah, but, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Um. Uh, yeah, big twist. Wes is betrayed. Um, and it turns out that well, like Wes and Sonya go in, and Sonya yeah, goes, go "Mark, they found, Wes figured you. Wes found out about us. Yeah, yeah. And so they take the gun nonchalantly from Wes's hand. Yeah, no, it. no fight there at all. Very slow. We cannot reiterate enough how slow all <laughs> of their actions are. Um, Let's to be honest, I did not pick these last five minutes because they were exciting. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They just like take the gun from his hand, um, and then Mark like, is like, "Don't calm down, Wes. We're not gonna kill you. Nobody, Nobody wants, wants to kill you. you." Yeah, and he says, "And besides, you're not gonna be the one to stop, stop us. us." And Wes is like, "But no, it can't be. Our world will never fall into your hands." Is the line? Yeah, yeah. our world will never fall into your. And then and that's that's when Mark says, "But you won't be the one to stop us." He goes, "Yes." I will! <laughs> but Sonya also, like, invites him to be a vampire or something. She's like... Yeah, like something like that. Us. You can join yeah, us, like, and he's like, New no. complexity or whatever. Yeah, and then he, like, runs away, but they don't really chase him. Like, he just kind of runs out. He doesn't grab another gun. He just yeah, like, runs he back. Go? He's yeah, in space. he just <laughs> runs back to the room that we saw, like, earlier with where Sonya was, I guess, looking at the monitor. Um, and he destroys like a signal with like a hockey stick by the looks of it. Yeah, it looks it's like, like a, a chrome stick. hockey stick. Yeah. I don't think so, but like it is. I don't know. Um, and he gets electrocuted and then dies. And I think they called it the meteor rejector. I think. I was what they said. I didn't catch that, but I believe I don't, you. I might be wrong. I, I would correct you, but none of you caught it, so I'm not going to correct down, you. Okay. Without the meteor ejected, they can't return home. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I did not remember meteor. what that meant, so I did not so, include it in my pitch. Something, something about meteors, um, and not being able to like, I don't know. Um, so he destroys it, and it blows up, and it kills him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they're like, "We have to land now. We can't go home." Um, and the planet that they're going to land on is Earth. Earth. (laughs) They zoom in and they're like, oh, it's a primitive civilization. Look how they still build. One of those really bad 60s sci-fi twist twist endings where it's like, oh, these really weren't Earthling. Where it's like, what else could have been the, how else could it have ended if they were landing on some planet? Yeah. Um, Yeah, they zoom in with their really good telescope yeah something like and that it just crossfades into new york city <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like oh we can we can live on this planet we can we can live here safely and then sonya asks will they accept us yeah and the mark and mark goes i hope i hope for their sakes and then they fly into earth and yeah. that's the movie and that's the last five minutes that's also, the last five minutes. i want to go on the record and say their ship Looks exactly like the USS Enterprise yes. from Star Trek. One hundred percent. Yes, it looks exactly like it. Yeah, no, I just I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you say that, I I I picked this movie because I thought it was gonna be bad. 
because it's called Planet of the Vampires and it's from the 1960s. And then I watched the movie and I was like, I'm so glad I picked this for different reasons. And also, I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love anything like hokey 50s sci-fi. It's just... That's exactly what this is. I mean, as... No, yeah, it's... From the last five minutes, that's exactly what I picked up. 100%. It's great. Yeah, so um, before we do the first pitch, I actually reached out to some people and got us a few sponsors. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. What? Yeah, I got a, just, a, just a couple. That's great. I think just like four sponsors. We can like... fund our, our projects. Sponsorships, <laughs> <laughs> can't we, August? Um, so, yeah, our, our first sponsor for the day is a, a Gallatin Road Butcher. Pasture-raised, grass-fed, grain-finished, humanely slaughtered animals. Trust me, they're happy or dead. Raised on a family <laughs> oh. farm. Gallatin Road Butcher delivering life-altering meat. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Let's Hannah, go into the I first... I think your tea's done, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing. They, they paid us. They paid They paid us. What? They're happy you're dead. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. So Wes is a little bitch. Ooh. How'd you know? He's actually the worst of his class and one of the few from Earth in a series of super soldiers from all over the universe. They all live on a space station designed to support all living organisms. But he's chosen by his superior, Mark, the old man we saw in the clip, to lead his fellow soldiers in defeating a dangerous but unknown threat. Sonya, at the top of the class with her striking strawberry blonde hair, initially resents Wes because he was chosen over her for the mission. She's instead assigned to be his right-hand woman and confidant. Ten soldiers from the space program are sent out into space exploring various planets of varying environments. Whether covered in ice, smoke, or flames, someone is mysteriously killed on each planet while collecting samples and evidence of the dangerous threat. Murder mystery, but make it space. After a well-timed studying montage and with the help of Sonya, Wes discovers that the evidence collected is from a species of vampires who have been going from planet to planet in hopes of finding the perfect place to make their nest and feed, without being detected so they can eventually make the planet their own. Mark warns Wes that if he fails one more time, there will be major consequences. On the next voyage out, Wes sees a fellow soldier being killed by an invisible force. Dude's literally just flying around, getting his ass handed to him, but the space bullets from space... But the space bullets from Wes's space gun do nothing to stop the vampire, who is invisible, by the way. I think we established that, but invisible. Every soldier except Wes and Sonya are slaughtered. The only ones left on the space station now at this point are Wes, Mark, and Sonya. Wes falls into a deep depression after Mark belittles Wes for his failure to save the remaining soldiers and removes him as the leader of the mission. Sonya is to take his place and send Wes back to Earth as soon as possible. A meteor storm outside makes it impossible to send him back that night, so Wes is sent back to his room to pack. That same night, though, Wes has a bad dream of vampires taking over humankind on Earth. He wakes up in a cold sweat. It's at this point that Wes begins to believe that maybe someone on the ship is working for the vampires and has been sabotaging the mission from the very beginning. He searches around the ship for clues as to who it could be, but actually finds nothing. Dejected, he returns to sleep but stumbles upon a door opening on its own, as if by an invisible force. Mark goes running to Sonya, and the rest of the film plays out from there. Ultimately, Wes was unable to stop the alien vampires from invading our quote-unquote puny civilization, inferring that someday we will fall victim to their species. Poor Wes. Well... Yeah, poor that Wes. That sounds like a very plausible plot for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you you got the 
you got the the misogyny right. <laughs> yeah, I figured. But you, I figured. but you you didn't get that the female characters are like in this movie. The female characters are not competent. Oh no! <laughs> oh, like, it's not their fault. It's the writers, but it's also yeah. it's no, it's the vampires' fault. I you got right, the, the misogyny right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the misogyny I got it, right. I got it right. Ten points to Hannah for getting the misogyny Thank right. You. Thank <laughs> you. I'll take it. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, I guess we're giving out points to anybody. Yeah. Now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> But no, that's that's great. I love, I I like the bit where they're just jumping between planets and then yeah. turns into like a space murder mystery. Yeah. So I assume Wes is the protagonist. Yes. Okay, and then that makes sense. I don't know. I guess following his depressing journey. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be the best of being belittled. Exactly. For it. This feels mm-hmm. like it can be a really dramatic kind of intense movie, but still feels like it could work in the sixties. I like it. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Like Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I mean, next. Um, I got an, another sponsor before Wonderful. before our next person. Um, all right. Um, our next sponsor is uh, Norse VPN. Are you afraid of your doomsday prepper neighbors hacking into your Wi-Fi and framing you for hacking into the Pentagon and sending nukes to Russia so Russia will nuke us back? Yeah, oh. hell yeah. <laughs> if you don't want nuclear winter, get Norse VPN. All righty. I should get um, Norse VPN. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next uh, our next pitch is coming from coming from Ben. That's me. Ben. So let me start off by saying that two weeks ago I wrote a lot of chicken scratch for my notes, and um, I ended up forgetting the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the real name of the movie is Planet of the Vampires, right. correct? Well, I thought it was Space Vampires, <laughs> and so I went with that. <laughs> Which is, it sounds very similar. Yeah, it has a similar vibe. I mean, accurate. Um, I still want to see it. You but know? here's, so here's, I, I will say that I shuffled this pitch together. So at certain points, I will pause for any questions that anyone might have. Mm. Um, and so just be prepared for that if you do have any questions. If not, we'll just move on. So we begin in Vancouver. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan is, uh, he's a sound for picture recordist just out of college. Wait, did you say Jonathan? Jonathan. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the protagonist of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's asked when... Hold up, have you all seen the clip of Paul Rudd in an interview? Like, they ask him what Thor's hammer is called, and he just goes, Jonathan? That's what I think I'm, I have, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm picturing. It's just it's like, so we meet Jonathan. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like a, it's an inner cut of like them asking a bunch of people, and they're like, uh, Majol, Majolner? Jonathan. So yeah, um, ad-libbing this bit, Jonathan is played by Paul Rudd. <laughs> and the film yes. takes place in 1998. Uh, so he's a sound for picture recordist just out of college, um, who's tasked with re-recording all of the dialogue for his cousin Daniel. Um, the project is a crummy vampire space movie that Daniel put together after dropping acid and dozing off in a haunted house. But it turns out that this was an idea that Jonathan came up with when he was a little kid. Um, he wrote a script and everything. It was a well-nuanced piece about the celestial vampire war in a galaxy far, far away. Mm. But much like with everything, Daniel stole that idea uh, when Jonathan told him about it when they were dropping acid together in a haunted house. Any questions? I- so it's not about the movie, it's about, about them dubbing over the it movie. It is about, make, yes. Cool. Okay. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> Since there are no other questions. Um, so out of spite and to make sure that Daniel's movie doesn't take off, Jonathan plans on making this the worst sounding movie that he's ever seen uh, to get back at his cousin for stealing his idea. 
and then I, I put period question mark because that was a work in progress premise. <laughs> um, and so Jonathan proceeds to sabotage the ADR process by deleting all of the sound and ADRing the whole movie with his own voice. Okay. Um, Daniel never <laughs> learned how to read. Uh, yeah, wait. Well, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah, any questions? Hold on for a second. This. <laughs> Daniel's illiterate? <laughs> okay, it's this this is a good time to also mention that in this that from the first five minutes of us watching this movie, it is poorly dubbed over. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Besides Mark. Like Mark, his lip syncing right. is pretty good, but everyone else's is really bad and like doesn't match up really well at all. Pretty typical sixties cut. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's good to mention because that clearly has a lot to do with your movie. <laughs> Yes, probably should have mentioned that. Um, but so yeah, Daniel never learned how to read, much like Leah Michelle. <gasps> okay, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that joke landed. I didn't know that you guys would like understand that reference. But um, we, we, so, before you came in, we all three had a long conversation about musical theater. We did. Oh, we did. Okay, okay. Cool. perfect. She wasn't in it. Because, but, but, you know, you know. But, but yeah, she can't we read. We get the bit. We get the and bit. So the script she wrote has pictures. was a bunch of hieroglyphics and scribbles on several <laughs> napkins. A lot of napkins. Um, so yeah, they gather a huge cast and a huge crew consisting of Wes. Guy's actual name is Wes. Uh, Jonathan's next door neighbor who wants to be a star. Um, mm. And he looks a lot like the grandpa from Spy Kids or Marlon Brando or Anthony Perkins. All right, one of those three. <laughs> one of those three, because, you know, they all look very similar. Nice combo. He either looks like Khan from Star Trek. Yeah. And um, the Godfather, or whoever the heck Anthony or Perkins is. the guy from Psycho. <laughs> um, Sonya, whose actual name is Sonya, Jonathan's ex-girlfriend that Daniel stole from him, much like his ideas and uh, his wardrobe. Revenge. Um, and Mark, who drops out halfway through the production and has to be played by somebody's dad. Um... <laughs> Yeah, any questions? <laughs> is Leah Michelle in the movie yes or no? No. Oh, uh, man. Yes, she plays Sonya. Oh. <laughs> and they had to do like a lot of makeup for the actual creation of the movie. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, so, question. Are these people acting in the movie or are they just dubbing over the lines? They are they were acting in the movie. Yes. And and but um Jonathan did all of their dialogue. Got it. Sweet. In post. Okay. So they're filming the movie. They already filmed the movie. Oh, okay. I'm making this up now. They already filmed the movie. Gotcha. <laughs> and now they're in post-production, and he's trying to, like, deal with that the That makes sense. That's that. why Sonya's in the movie, because right. it's Daniel's girlfriend at this point. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the last five minutes, uh, what we watched was the, was the movie they were making, and the one that Jonathan sabotaged. Um, anyways... The film becomes a huge cult classic, much like Velocipaster or other <laughs> intentionally bad movies, launching Daniel into stardom and leaving Jonathan in the dust. Space dust. Vampire dust. I don't uh -huh. know. Uh, Daniel asks Jonathan if he would like to work together again, since his spotty work in the sound booth won them a ton of attention. But Jonathan declines since he feels betrayed that Daniel had stolen his girlfriend, his idea, um, and his wardrobe. Then Daniel reminds Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel reminds Jonathan that this was their idea together, and they've wanted to make this movie since they were kids, playing as space vampires together until their college years. But all of the acid that Jonathan did um, suppressed those memories, so he forgot that they wrote the movie together. 
Um, and Jonathan goes, oh, yeah. And so they continue to work together until they get really rich, uh, eat a bunch of gold-encrusted Twinkies, and die. So what does, go? does the movie end with the last five minutes we just watched? Yes. It, it plays out all of this drama, and then uh, they when they die, after they die, in the background, it shows the <laughs> movie that's playing. Are the you making this up right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, like, it's this long dolly shot into the TV, and we start from exactly where we started watching the last five minutes of the movie. Nice. Right. I like it. I think I think I think that was probably the most accurate pitch we're going to hear. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I think your pitch would be better if there were snippets of the movie throughout the oh, whole film. I think so too, but it also is it's so, it also wasn't made very well uh much like the movie that they made in the movie. And so uh-huh. There, uh, let me add this too. Um, mm-hmm. Their aid, their lines were also all ADR. <laughs> Wait, Jonathan and Daniel. Jonathan and ADR by somebody else. <laughs> by somebody else. <laughs> Why do I want to make this now? This is. This it sounds is fun. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds fun, fun to make. It sounds like a fun summer. I wouldn't want to watch it, but I'd no. like to make it. Be a nightmare for whoever's sound mixing. Yeah, <laughs> Luke. Oh God. I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> I love it. That that sounds like an early two thousands like stoner comedy. Yeah, much like a Kevin Smith, like a uh, much like a Kevin, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. a like Seth Rogen kind of Bob. thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. The end. I'm into it. <laughs> the minute you said Twinkies, I just saw Woody Harrelson. Yes, oh, yeah. for reasons. So Jonathan is Paul Rudd. Daniel is Woody Harrelson. Yes, okay, that works. Cool. We're, we're casting this movie now. Yep. <laughs> Leah Michelle is Sonya. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And then the guy from Psycho. <laughs> and somebody's dad <laughs> for half of the movie. And then we actually just find a neighbor to play Mark. Yeah. Just some random guy. Can my dad Mark play Mark? Ooh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, we get so Luke's right. dad Mark to play, to play Mark. Mark. His name is actually Mark. It's uh, it's perfect. He's born for the role. Yeah. Hi, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go on to our next sponsor. All right. Our next sponsor is Round Space. Are you afraid of pigs? Me too. They're the worst. Round Space. All right, Luke, you want to go? Oh, absolutely. Oink, oink. Oink, oink. oink. <laughs> Going back to Gallatin. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, Planet of the Vampires. Um, long ago, 1960s or so, a prophecy foretold of a planet of vampires where they could just roam around free and live out their vampire desires without you know any consequences nature was perfectly balanced as all things should be with these free-range vampires (laughs) (laughs) free-range pasture-raised healthy vampires you know (laughs) on a (laughs) i'm just imagining a field of vampires just like Confused vaguely, around. but like walking around, just going, what? what um, they suck the blood out of like a pig or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay because there's like plenty of pigs. Like everything was perfect on this planet of vampires. Okay. Um, and then on a scientific quest to prove that vampires are real, um, a group of human adventurers wreak havoc on the planet, destroying their ecosystem. Oh, Sounds about wow. right. Yeah. Uh, they're searching for a substance called Edwardium cullenzite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so this mineral is a great catalyst for producing common crops such as corn. Um, it will also turn you into a vampire on contact. 
So it either makes corn grow really well or it changes you into a vampire. But if you touch it, you turn into a vampire. Okay, so, okay. Uh, Three adventurers, Wes, Sonya, and Mark, board a ship that looks shockingly like the USS Enterprise (laughs) (laughs) and search far and wide uh, over this planet of vampires for the mineral, very much a la, like, the spice in Dune. Um, Sonya is actually the first to discover the mineral, um, and they decide to keep it in a special container that just plays Decode by Paramore on repeat. Yes! Nice. <laughs> um, while attempting to Kobe the Edwardian Colonzite <laughs> into the container, Sonya cuts herself on her hand and turns into a vampire without the other two knowing. No. Uh, so Sonya and Wes are actually engaged. Aww. Um, very sweet. But what Wes doesn't know is that Sonya is secretly having an affair with Mark, the captain of the ship. Tragic. So their tale kiss... as old as time. What? Oh, <laughs> tale as old as time. My yeah. vampire girlfriend vampire, cheating on me with vampire love captain. affair. Where have we heard that one before? <laughs> uh, so Sonya turns into a vampire, but because she's having an affair with Mark. Their kiss transmits the vampiric virus to Mark, and thus he turns into a vampire. Whoa. So both Sonya and Mark are now vampires, leaving Wes the only human. The movie then turns into a 30-minute live-action Among Us game, where <laughs> Mark and Sonya are traveling like in and out of air events, and Wes is like, he can't seem to catch them. Um, <laughs> Wes decides to go to sleep when he sees something suspicious. Um, in his sleep, like the figure of the reflection, he decides to call an emergency meeting within the game. Is there a red button and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a red button and everything. <laughs> uh, he questions Sonya um, uh, in, the, in the control room. He finds Sonya staring at uh, the material, the Edwardian Cullenzite, in the container um, because... Uh, she is a vampire, so she's just kind of naturally drawn to the power of it. So that's what she's staring at in the control room is the the, the glowy the, thing, the glowy thing, the material. Um, and so Wes comes in and starts bringing up a lot of good points about Mark's sus actions. <laughs> um, and, and so, so Sonya brings him to uh, Mark where she reveals herself and says, Wes has found out about us in both reference to them both being vampires and their love affair. Oh, that um, it's that subtext that really It's gets the it. subtext uh-huh. in the <laughs> Edwards Cullenside. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in reference to both uh, them being vampires and their steamy love affair. So in an attempt to stop them both, Wes takes a hockey stick to the contained substance, uh, but kills himself in the process. No more paramour. It's very sad. Um, And so in order to move on in society, Sonya and Mark decide to inhabit Earth. Specifically, they move to Midwestern United States, specifically Iowa, where the Edwardian Cullenzite helps them grow corn. Ah, Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah. And so today, Mark and Sonya's descendants... the end of the movie they say like and those after us you know yeah. so today mark and sonya's descendants live on as farmers in uh the midwest as well as midwestern politicians because as politics seem to be a natural career for blood-sucking monsters thank you very much that is one of the vampires yeah that was I, great. I was wondering when the corn would come full circle. <laughs> and then it, I forgot about it, and then you mentioned it. I thought that was amazing. You know, Chekhov's corn. Yeah, Chekhov's, Chekhov's corn. corn. Yeah. That was great. That was, that was, that was. I told you great. mine was short and dumb. 
It is not perfect. Dumb. No, I love how you so suspicious, like in full, (laughs) after you brought up Among Us. (laughs) That was great. Oh, thanks. That was was really good. I like that. Thank you. Like all of yours. I like the you guys. Yours were great, guys. Yeah, insight. You were so funny. All right. Uh, Before the final judging. I've got one more sponsor for us. Um, yeah. Yay. <clears throat> you wake up again. This is the third time you've woken up tonight. Each time the remnants of your dreams held in your vision. But you're awake now, fully awake, because they aren't dreams. Surrounding you are five men. They look like men. They're breathing and whispering to each other like men. They smell like peanuts. You think the largest one is wearing a tie, a red tie? But it's it's wet. And moving up and down like a tongue. Oh, oh gosh, is that its tongue? Is that its tongue? Go back to sleep. It's just a dream. And when you wake up in the morning and see the bruises on your arms, just tell people you're a violent sleeper. It's easier than the truth. Five guys, burgers, and fries. Easier than the truth. <laughs> what? No! August! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, what no. was... What was happening there? He smells like peanuts. <laughs> it's a Five Guys ad. What are you talking well, about? What this is just the, the, this is just the ad copy they gave. Don't they question twenty dollars. They gave us twenty dollars. They gave us twenty dollars to read it. this live. <laughs> we haven't even put out an episode. What were they doing? <laughs> what were the Five Guys doing? All right, so on to the judging. <laughs> Making sick burgers. I don't want to know. Um... There's there's some judging going on already. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so for. Most accurate. I have to give it to Hannah. Of course. Aww, um, so you get 17 uh, ray guns. Oh, lovely. Wow. Um, I'm going to need every single one. I'm trying to think of most. Particularly for the five guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favorite. Because um, I liked all three of them. They were all great. I think I like Ben's. Because I'm a sucker for a meta comedy. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 ben, so well. <laughs> you get four and a half uh, latex suits. Ooh. Oh yeah. I oh, now's wearing... a good time to mention that the whole movie they wear latex suits. <laughs> oh. You should really wear all of them at the same time. I I will definitely be wearing one of the whole ones because <laughs> the half one doesn't seem safe. <laughs> um. Oh man. All right. I guess I'll talk about the real movie now. Um. Planet of the Vampires, 1965, directed by Mario Bava. Oh, real quick, it is an Italian-Spanish movie. So it is actually dubbed over. Oh, oh okay. Makes sense. Um, and I, I will actually just... explain that further here in a second. Okay. So it's directed by Mario Bava. Bava? I don't, he's Italian. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mario Baklava. <laughs> the screenplay is by him. Uh, Alberto Bavilacqua. Callisto Casuli. Thank you. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Roman, Rafael J. Salvia, and the American script was written by Ib Melkor. If you recognize that name, he did Angry Red Planet, Reptilicus, um, and the Death Race movies. Um, I have not heard of any of them. Yes. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the name. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm familiar with the name, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, it's based off of a short story called One Night of 21 Hours. One Night Werewolf. Mm. <laughs> And it's, uh, so it's an Italian-Spanish movie uh, filmed in Italy and Spain. Um, 
But the the thing about this movie is that everyone just spoke their native language on set. And it's an international cast. So your main character, Mark, is American. Um, I believe the woman that plays... Or, yeah, I believe the woman that plays Sonia is... I believe she's... Yeah, I think she's Portuguese. No, she might be Italian. Yeah, she's Italian. Wes is Portuguese. (laughs) And the other woman in the movie is Spanish. So they all just spoke their native language on set, and no one understood what anyone was saying the whole time. (laughs) And they just dubbed it over later. Did Um, they dub it in Italian? There's an Italian version and an American version, so they dubbed it in Italian and in uh, English. Whack. Yeah, Real weird. Um, and other things. Uh, this movie had a budget of two hundred thousand dollars. It yeah. was a very cheap movie to make. Most of their stuff they stole. Like the this movie stole. Like or they like costumes and stuff they took from other movies. Oh, mm. oh okay. This movie was so cheap. Like for the planet that they land on, they used smoke and two rocks. For the whole movie. <laughs> they literally only had two big rocks and they just like like did second exposures for them to put them in multiple places and they used like a lot of camera tricks and stuff. That's Man. big so point hours, fam. There's a lot of forced perspective in this movie. But yeah, that's they did two rocks before everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um and this movie actually um a lot of people think and it's pretty obvious once you see the movie that this movie inspired Alien and Prometheus. So mm-hmm. you watch this movie and there are two scenes that are that are straight up almost exact copies of Alien. There's a scene with a dead body on a uh on an exam table and it kind of comes to life. It's not the chest burster thing, but it's very right. similar. Mm-hmm. And then a scene where they go into an alien ship and they encounter big skeletons and stuff. So That's crazy. Like, except for the whole eggs hatching and getting face hugged, it's a very similar scene. This like, movie? The one that we watched inspired <laughs> aliens. Where they're like walking or limping around, <laughs> <laughs> crawling around. Hold on, let me grab a gun. Let me grab, <laughs> let me grab a gun. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Whoa. What is the actual plot? I guess, yeah. This yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll go on to the actual plot. Um, so the the movie starts on a spaceship called the Argos. We meet the captain, Mark Markery. <laughs> Markery? Mark Markery. Uh, all right. So we meet him, we meet Sonia, we meet Wes, and we meet a bunch of other people. I think Sonia is the communications officer, and I think Wes is the engineer. Sonia Sonyery. <laughs> So the Argos and their sister ship, the Galliot, uh, are hovering over the planet Aura, A-U-R-A, um, and they've been—I think they've done six, six orbits around this planet or something. And the crew of the Argos has been getting a signal coming from the planet. They then radio to the—I believe it's the engine room. So it's, yeah, it's the end. They radio to the engine room. And this is where we learn about what's called the meteor ejector. And it is probably the most important thing in the movie. <laughs> Great. It is the glowy thing that uh, Wes smashes. And it's, its entire job is to just deflect meteors that are coming at them. And this, is, this scene is where we learn that 
if the meteor ejector ever fails, the ship will, won't even last a minute in space. I think he says the ship will end up looking like Swiss cheese. So they prepare to land on the planet, but first they call the Galliot and video call with them. There we meet the captain of the Galliot, Solace, and we meet Mark's brother, Toby, who is also on the Galliot. Then they lose the signal to the, to the other ship. The Argos begins landing after a really long scene where everyone is being like pulled to the ground or deeper into their chairs because they're experiencing really heavy forces of gravity. Like this, it's a really long scene. Like it's like two or three minutes long and it's just people being pressed into chairs and stuff. (laughs) But after that really long scene, they land safely. Then after they recover, everyone just starts trying to kill each other. Like they just like, they, they recover for a second, look at each other and just start charging at each other and trying to kill each other. Everyone but Mark. Mark stops them. He either slaps them. This is where the misogyny comes in. He starts hitting a lot of women. Oh, um, oh, oh. Gotcha. <laughs> oh. Well, it's not just the women. It's, it's the men, too. But he's also, and the children. And the children. <laughs> but he, he, slaps, he slaps them and wakes them up. And um, So it is like Among Us. They're a little to, bit. They're trying to kill each other. <laughs> um, so he does that. He, he wakes everyone up except for Brad. Who is an old man who's, who who uh, has gone to the airlock and is trying to escape onto the planet's surface? I mention his name only because it's really funny that how a they introduce him. Old man named Brad. They, they, how they introduce him is so funny. Wes comes up to him and go. I think he says something along the lines of, "We got everyone except Brad." Like, oh, <laughs> who's Brad? <laughs> um. Uh, so Mark and Wes quickly catch up to Brad on the surface of the planet and they jolt him awake. This is where we first see the planet. It's mostly mostly fog, a few rocks, and then their ship. It's very it's very cheap. It's clearly a soundstage with a lot of smoke and two rocks copied sure. over and over again. As one does. Yeah. So they go back on the ship. They recoup. They basically just recap everything that happened. Then they get a distress call from the Galleon. Um, Mark, Wes, Tiana, who is the other girl in the movie, uh, and some other guy who I don't know the name of, head off to find the Galleon. After traversing the dangerous terrain of the pl- the dangerous terrain of the planet, they find the ship, but everyone inside is dead. And, but it's not like they crashed and died; like they have clearly murdered each other. So everyone's dead. Then they get to the control room, but it's locked from the inside. And inside of the control room are four bodies. One of which is Captain Solace. Another one is Toby, Mark's brother. Three. They they count everyone in the ship, and they realize three people are missing, and the Galliot's meteor meteor ejector is destroyed. They bury the dead, then head back to their ship to get the tools they need to break into the control room of the Galliot. When they come back, they find that the control room is open and the bodies are gone. Tiana, who is standing guard outside by herself, she sees something in the fog, flips out, starts crying and stuff, then they all run back to the Argos. They don't actually show what Tiana sees. It's just smoke, and then she just starts crying. Um, And I I don't get it. Then the next scene is all the bodies they buried raising from the dead. Like, there's, like, this metal sheet over... They didn't bury Cute. them. Hmm. They put them in the ground, cover them in plastic, and put, like, a metal sheet over them. And it's just them pushing out of the metal sheet and ripping out of the plastic. But it's Whoa. all of the dead bodies they buried. Huh. That's kind of cool. Well, 
Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. I do too. That's Honestly, cool. that sounds kind of cool. This movie has some really good stuff. In yeah. It. Like, like part of the pit or part of my pitch that I forgot was about the production designer who's like really good. <laughs> but, it's like, it's obvious they don't have much of a budget, but they did really well yeah. with the budget they had. And obviously, I'm assuming all like practical effects and stuff. All practical effects. Mm. Besides like some CG or some like, like the uh, lasers. Like the space yeah. 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 I'll get into that. The okay. lasers oh. specifically, because oh. the lasers are practical. And it's mm. obvious. <laughs> oh. um, so once, so then, so they, the humans get back to their ship and they realize that the signal that the planet had been sending uh, has stopped, but they all kind of suspect that there's an intelligent life, the intelligent life lives here or something. Um, then they, Wes is like, oh, we have three days to fix the ship before we run out of food and oxygen and stuff like that. So Mark is like, all right, we all need to go to sleep. So they all go to sleep. But Mark stays up to record an audio recording of him going, oh, everything's hopeless. We're all going to die. <laughs> and while he's safe. making... Captain's log. Captain, yeah. Captain's yeah. log. Oh, I'm God. Hopeless. <laughs> he, he pretty much says, Captain's log. I don't want to tell anyone else this, but we are all going to die. <laughs> Captain's oh log. Oh, my gosh. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> So while he's recording that, Wes walks through and breaks into the engine room and tries to steal the meteor ejector. He doesn't try to break it. He tries to steal it. Hmm. Mark then wakes Wes up, and then they all learn that whatever is on this planet can control them while they're unconscious. So if they go to sleep, they need to have someone standing guard to make sure that they don't just wake up and start killing people. Um, As another guy stands guard outside the ship, there's two guys standing guard outside the ship, a bunch of lights that look an awful lot like the cover of Blurry Face by 21 Pilots. <laughs> they will start flying through, like back and forth in the distance. The guards report it. They're all confused by them. While investigating, they hear a scream off in the distance. They investigate to find Bert. I don't know Bert. I think he was introduced earlier. They nice. find Bert dying. And they ask him who did this. And he says Captain Solace killed him, who was the captain of the Galliot, who they saw dead earlier. Interesting. Um... They bring Bert's dead body back inside and put him on an exam table. They talk for a minute, then everyone leaves but Tiana, who she stays to finish the records of his death. As she does this, she like she has like an open cabinet, and as she closes the cabinet door, Bert's right behind it, and jump scares her, and she faints. And everyone hears her scream, and everyone rushes in to help her because they heard her scream, but Bert is back on the exam table, dead. And so they bury him because she says, oh, it was Bert. And they're all like, oh, it's just you're just going crazy. It's just space sickness or something like that. (laughs) Um, Mark and Sonia and then another guy go to investigate the planet. I think his name is Connor. I can't remember what the other guy's name. There's a lot of people that don't matter in this movie. They, They go out to investigate the planet. They've got sick new jumpsuits on. They're like orange and blue. They're awesome. They So they go out and investigate the planet. They find an alien ship with huge skeletons around it and inside of it. Uh, they uh, Mark and Sonia leave that one guy by himself, and they go inside. They look around, get caught in a trap, and escape. This is by far the best sequence in the movie. Mm. It is so it's like how they enter it is awesome. The ship inside is pretty cool and it's very very this is the scene that is they straight up put into alien. Mm. Like nice. m- minus the eggs that latch onto your face and put an egg in you. It's like almost exactly that scene and the same scene in Prometheus. Like it's mm. they find the big skeletons piloting the ship like it's the exact same thing. 
Um, as they leave the ship, Mark and Sonya discover that the other guy has just disappeared. He never comes back. <laughs> like the implication is that he died or something, but they just never, never show him again. He just left the set. <laughs> He's like, guys, I gotta quit. I'm out of here. Um, when they come back to the Argos, Tiana has seen two of Galliot's dead crew members. Like they don't show her seeing them, but she's on the exam table freaking out, going, I saw them, I saw them, I saw them. Then while Mark and Sonia are outside, Solace, the captain of the Galliot, and another crew member from the Galliot show up and they stumble to the ship. Mark helps them. He says, hey, you guys need to go to sleep. Um, you guys go rest up. While one of you sleeping, make sure the other one's standing guard. And so they trot off away. Um, because uh, Tiana has been freaking out so much, Mark and a few others go back to the graves they, bear, they, uh, the graves they dug and f- they open them and they find that they're all empty. They rush back and catch Solace and the other guy trying to steal the Argo's meteor ejector. Again, not destroying it, trying to steal it. One of them escapes with the meteor ejector, but Mark uh, catches Solace and through their fighting, Solace opens his shirt and you see like his rib cage and like his blood and guts and stuff like that. Fun. And like all those bloody wounds and stuff. And so they learn that Solace's dead body has been taken over by one of the ethereal beings on this planet who are struggling to survive and need dead bodies to possess so they can leave the planet. This is where I'm going to tell you guys that there are no vampires in this movie. Oh. I was about yeah. to ask. Yeah. So single vampire. Like, they sound a lot more like zombies than vampires. Yeah. yeah. Like manipulative zombies that can take over other people's bodies. <laughs> I was like, are there fangs? Like the, is there any blood sucking? <laughs> the closest thing to vampires is when they break out of, is when they come out of the graves. And it doesn't even look like vampires. It's, it's just them busting out of graves. It sounds like the beginning of the thriller does video. The, yeah. Right. It's, it's just there's, there's... The reflection later on, does the reflection point to them being... No, Did no. I just get that wrong in the So in, in the at the end of the reflection, you actually see Mark in the reflection. Oh. So he's not a vampire. The, the Italian name for this movie is Terror in Space, oh. which makes more sense, but yeah. it's less like eye-catching, I guess. So they just okay. made a planet of the vampires. vampires for even though there's no... Vampires in this movie. Great. When did you when, say this was released? 65. This, oh. is, this is why I was so glad I picked this movie after I watched it. I picked it because it was like, oh, dumb movie, space vampires. Mm-hmm. I watched it and went, no, there are no vampires in this movie. I'm so glad I picked it. Um, so, yeah, after they learn all about the ethereal beings that are on this planet, um, they also learn that the signal they got was just a lure from, the, like, a, like a, a, a lure from this race to, like, trap ships. And the ship and the huge beings they found earlier were also victims of that signal. So Solace then says that they don't need to die. They can only they only need to submit to their race and then they'll take over their bodies and take all their free will and stuff like that. So Mark, Sonya, Wes, and the other two member the other two crew members, because there's only five of them alive at this point, Mark, Sonya, Wes, and the other two, then head to the Galliot to steal their meteor ejector back so they can leave the planet because Wes has fixed their ship. They get there, retrieve the meteor ejector, plant bombs on the other ship, blow it up, and then head back to the Argos. Meanwhile, the other two crew members die on the way. Oh, my gosh. So, like, 
they started so with 18 carnage. people at the end of the movie there's three of them like it's just people just get picked this off he's got a body count yeah it really does because like that's like 15 from that ship plus the 18 from the other yeah. ship that also goodness died. gracious so once they leave the planet um mark it's weird they leave the planet mark and sonia are talking normal then weirdly within like it kind of feels like within the same scene they start talking like they've been possessed by the the beings from the planet huh like it's a real quick change and you never see them die it's just really weird so it's like the implication is that they submitted to the beings for some reason even though they just got away it's super weird but mark go west goes to sleep but he can't and his door creaks open and he sees in the really really polished the metal polished wall he sees mark creeping up with a ray gun and then mark sees that he's awake and mark slips out and then we have the last five minutes where wes oh. goes up to sonia and I goes i feel like i actually wasn't that far off no, you yeah. really yeah. that's that really weird were very close you yeah that's so that's so odd except they weren't vampires they weren't vampires <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that west smashing that big glowing thing that's their meteor ejector which means they mm-hmm. could never go much further than they already the were ship and they is were already turn next Swiss to cheese yeah and, so yeah. The, it's just which which weirdly implies that like also i don't know who was following them like that's one of the things sonia says at the end is yes yeah, like they, the planet like... for us and the ones who follow us they never explain who's following them huh like it can't be the other ship because the other ship doesn't work anymore. I they, they just blew meant, it like, up. Their race. That's also too like, for they're a while. Dis- they're like, descendants. But there's, there's also a shot like exterior of the spaceship where it looks like they're being attacked. Like at the very end. Oh, oh, oh so, is, that so the, those, is that the those those light being those light balls that are hitting the ship? Right. Those are meteors. Uh, okay, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. So it, it's shown at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Those things soaring at the ship. And they, and they deflecting them. off, and yeah. the med- and uh, they deflect one. Then they call the engine room and went, we just deflected another ship. We just deflected another meteor. How many is that? And the dude in the engine room goes, that's 9,999. One more, and I'll buy you a cake with a thousand candles on it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Okay. Why? That's a promise. That's it's 1965 um, for you. <laughs> but yeah, so those are all, those are meteors. And I think the, like, the 21 pilots lights were like mm. the visual representation of the ethereal beings coming. Mm. Yeah. I don't know it, but it's really interesting. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting watch. It's a very slow movie. Like it's mm. very slow and it takes its time. There are like three scenes with a bunch of fighting. Oh, the laser guns. I didn't mention those. Right. The laser guns are very clearly like, really crappy guns with a flamethrower on the front of them um, and it shoots out about maybe a foot from the barrel of the gun so every time they shoot the laser gun the camera gets really close <laughs> and cuts the edge of the flame off with the oh. with the edge of the frame so it oh. looks like it goes further but they don't do it in every shot and you could very clearly can tell that. that it's just like a flame that's going off like six inches oh that's still cool yeah so huh. it's yeah, so, like, the only, like, special effects were, like, the blurry lights. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they did a lot of miniatures, they did a lot of forced perspective, and they did a lot of, like, a lot of practical effects in this movie. Cool. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But also 1965 practical effects. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's the movie. 
I want to watch it. All right. I really what do we? What? Yeah, it's just. I did not expect to like it. <laughs> I was like, "This is gonna be bad." And then when the when the opening scene took like twenty minutes to play out, I was like, mm. "I'm in love with this movie," because <laughs> I love really slow movies that make me want to fall asleep. <laughs> Next edition to the Criterion Collection, Planet, Planet of the, of the Vampires. Vampires, the movie that inspired Alien, Terror in Space. Like obviously, Alien's the better movie, but you watch this movie and you're like. I get it. Like I see where Ridley Scott got all these. I got yeah, because of, of the production ideas. of this movie. Does this count as a foreign film? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So this. Wow. Yeah. So when we watch this, we should use subtitles. Shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> you might need subtitles. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, so like that's why all the lips, all the all the lip syncing is terrible yeah. because they're all speaking drastically different languages from oh, each other. That's amazing. So yeah, I mean that's that's the movie, I guess. Wow, well, I want to watch it now. And yeah, so yeah, Hannah, you were very close, like very like surprisingly. Yeah. I, I'm a little, I'm like not shocked, but also kind of surprised well, a little bit. I one mean, of, one of the planets you said was like a smoke planet, and I was like, oh, that's pretty much what this one was. I just. Mm. <laughs> I just came up with that one on the fly. I didn't, you know, I. You telling me there's no Among Us in this movie? Yeah, what? Come yeah, on. Kinda. It, it kind of it kind of feels so. like it for a second, but then they're like, no, let's just disregard uh, that whole idea of who's died and who hasn't, because <laughs> that would make a great movie. Like, oh, who's died and is being possessed? That's, but that's a just little the thing. More like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted murder mystery in space. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. Benoit Blanc goes to space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the way I literally can't stand Knives Out, and everyone just disagrees with me you don't like knives out i don't i haven't seen glass onion though and i need to see it but what did you not like about knives out i think it's so predictable they give you so many clues too early and i just think it's very obvious i think it's i think it thinks it's much smarter than it actually is i like the beginning and the end but the middle i don't care for wasn't that like the point of i feel like that was the point i was supposed to be tell you who did it i don't like i don't think that's very smart though i don't like that Mm. branding it as like a mystery or promoting it as a mystery movie there are some like you kind of go in with some expectations um like hannah and i separately watched death on the nile (laughs) 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 which going into it you're like okay this is a mystery still disappointing but like with knives out i think that expectation was subverted i I was very middle of the road with it i was like okay this is a good movie but i was i wasn't in love with it as much as everybody else was Um, i would definitely rather watch kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie really? movies, then rewatch Knives Whoa. Out. Man, wow. I, I would love I Knives Out. Because, I, because I, hon- I honestly just really like him as Poirot. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I think he does so, a good Hercule Poirot. But yeah, I saw I, I did see Glass Onion um, this weekend. Everyone's and saying it's great. Yeah, it so just, I'm going to give it a chance. It might be better than Knives Whoa. Out. And I hope so. I think it really plays into... It's so different. It's not... Good. Um, because like uh, they go to Greece and it's uh, like it takes place in... A semi-modern time with like COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, oh. And Ryan Johnson's writing really plays into that. Yeah. Is it a smaller cast? It's yes, it is a smaller cast, and I liked that because okay. I felt like I I got a little lost in the weeds the first time I watched Knives Out, but on rewatches, like you can pick up. That's on That's a little it. how I felt. Like yeah. there were so many people, and I was like, I wish we had more time with each of them. Like it would have been a pretty good series. Yeah. yeah. If that missed, you know, I might have liked longer. it more as a series. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we got if to it's, get to know every single character. If it's any consolation, I feel like most mysteries that are put out now, I don't really care for too much. Because <laughs> I feel like they are, like, in horror films. Like, I I saw, what's it called? Barbarian? Mm-hmm. Barbarian. I thought yeah. it was so mid. Mm. I, and everyone, everyone's losing their crap over Barbarian. I also, yeah, I was like. I was like, okay. It was good. It was watchable. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I, I, the thing I did I like about questions. Kn- <laughs> the thing I liked about Knives Out was the fact that it's it did try to change the format of of like a murder mystery mm-hmm. without never actually changing the format of the murder mystery. Like it tried to make you think, oh, we're gonna tell you who the murderer is up front, and then the twist is that she didn't technically actually kill anybody. Did mm-hmm. you did you guys see She's see how they nurse? run yet? No, no. it's yet. bad. Oh, I like it looks like people keep comparing <laughs> it to. Like set it up. No, like, like people it, keep comparing it to Wes Anderson, yeah. and I'm like, this it, isn't even close. It's like an attempt. Yeah, at Wes it, Anderson, from what I've seen. It started off strong within the first like 15, 20 minutes. Like I have a problem with films that they're they're so self aware, but then they do nothing to make themselves yeah, different with it. from what what's been done previously. That, that to me sense. is not any smarter than what you've done previously. You're just acknowledging it. I mm. don't know. No, that's yeah, rant rant that. over. I'll get off my soapbox. I think uh, I think Glass Onion plays into itself taking the strengths from Knives Out, um, because there are some similarities plot wise, but it is a completely different story, mm. and I think it is kind of self referential in the fact with that Benoit Blanc is this known like crime solver and stuff and he's the only reoccurring character in the movie right i don't know where i'm going with this point i really like glass onion i <laughs> i saw the grinch yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the jim carrey grinch yeah. the oh best yeah one. not the yeah. benedict cumberbatch oh one. gross okay, no cool. which no. one what benedict cumberbatch i only know about the jim Ooh. carrey one the jim carrey the Grinch. all right, <laughs> all right. that's it i'm not going <laughs> <laughs> dinner with myself i, I can't cancel that again <laughs> All right, I think it's time for us to do we our really, yeah. We yeah. really went off the rails. We did, we but did. it's great. All right, so um, first of all, I'd, I'd love to thank Aaron for doing our amazing Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. He's got a beautiful voice, and he's great. Um, we'll get him on the podcast eventually. Yes. Uh, our Instagram is nu- is Nuclear Popcorn, um, spelled like it sounds. N-U-C-L-E-A-R for those confused. <laughs> confused about what, Ben? The... You say nuclear wrong. I, nuclear? What, nuclear? What's the problem? It, oh. All right, George W. Bush. Nuclear. <laughs> Whoa. That's how he said it. He goes, nuclear. I can't even say it wrong. Nuclear. 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 You know what? I swear to God. Our Instagram is nuclear popcorn. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah. Thank you for listening to nuclear to nuclear popcorn. <laughs> no, you're still saying it. I think you're doing it on purpose. Um. Yeah. Let's. I just go around and say our names. And you know, if we want to, we could plug our own personal socials if we wanted to. Oh. Do what we- even is my username anymore? No, I changed it. You changed yeah, it. Yeah, I changed it to match my TikTok because I'm gonna start posting on there, huh? making little movies. Well, then Eventually. plug that, too. <laughs> I, I guess I have to now. I guess I have to. Um, okay, I'm Hannah. My Instagram is Little Miss Han Han, and the TikTok is the same. That's where to find me. I'm Ben. Uh, Instagram and TikTok are the same. Benj.Kruger, B-E-N-J dot K-R-U-E-G-E-R. And I'll hand it off <laughs> to Luke. Um, 
I'm Luke. I'm a hermit. I only have Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and never on Facebook. My Twitter is, I think, oh God, uh, Luke underscore Storm 17. It's a Such play a on dad. my last name. It's a play oh. on my last name. Nice. Um, which I'm not going to dox myself on this podcast. I don't think they I can dox you just by your name. Also, our they? three listeners. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so far, we have no listeners. We haven't put any of these episodes out yet. I mean, you're right. Um, yeah, that's where to find me. Um, I'm August. I think the only thing I have is TikTok, and I think it's just August, August, Augusts, because they wouldn't let me put it in for a fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, our, our host for next week is going to be Hannah. Hannah, if you'd like to introduce our next, next episode. Yeah. Our, our film for next week is going to be The Point the from point. 1971. The Point from 1971. Yes. That's our film for next week. Heck yeah. So thank you guys for listening to Nuclear Popcorn. I'm Luke. I'm Hannah. I'm Ben. I'm August. (laughs) Let's boogie. (laughs) Bye.